Welcome to the Pain Solutions Podcast. Dr. Wayne Fimister is a family physician with a special interest in chronic pain, whose passion is finding solutions for this epidemic problem facing one-third of the adult population. He is a clinical associate professor at the University of British Columbia in Canada and has developed one of the first online medical trigger point injection courses for doctors and nurse practitioners, a technique that is easily learned and implemented into the medical office of any doctor or nurse practitioner treating chronic pain. To get free access to Pain Solutions newsletter, blogs, and to register for his online course, simply register at www.waynefimister.com. On the podcast, Dr. Wayne brings together experts from various segments to share with you how they solve people's pain problems and how you can get this treatment too. And now, here's your host, Dr. Wayne Fimister. Well, hello and welcome to this episode of the podcast show. My very special guest today, and it's great to have you here. His name is Mikhail Mamashvili. How did I do? Perfect, Wayne. (laughs) First go, first bullseye. There you go. My friend from Georgia who lives and works in Vancouver, I believe, and he is a registered shiatsu therapist, and that was his former work. And then he, he's moved on to be the creator of something called Neuropath Research Therapy, and he's also a mind-body coach. So, Mikael, I'll hand over to you. Give us a little bit of background on what these things mean and where you're going right now with your career. Yeah, after being a body-mind therapist for the last 20 years and, and having a, an interest in the body-mind connection, after seeing so many chronic patients over the last 20 years, especially in integrative setting in the previous center that I had, I discovered that it's great to offer treatments for patients. When people usually end up seeing me, they've tried a whole list of treatments When I saw that, I thought, wow, what they really lack is a sense of empowering that they can do something for themselves. So I created Neuropath Reset Method. It's really a forum and a self-therapy design in a class setting, in a group setting, where I pulled some tools together and I put them together for patients to experience themselves, to help themselves with the chronic pain patterns, emotional pain, alignment issues, stress, anxiety, and I've been running it since last year, and the feedback has been great. Okay, wonderful. So let's go back a little bit. You said there's three tools. So what are they specifically? The first tool is a set of movements, the neuromuscular movements that are executed from the feet to all the way to the head, the neck, the jaw. And it's really to address movements that bring ease to the nervous system and also target the joints in the body. So we're really targeting the joints. I offer a way also to assess where there's pain, what movement creates pain, what movement is more resistant. And the principle, the concept is always moving where it's easy. So it's a certain type of easy movement with slight resistance and a, a type of breath that you introduce to the nervous system. And when it's done, Properly in the sequence, you could see suddenly joints are released, the pelvis can be aligned, and there's a sense of calmness that happens at the end. And I call it a reset. That's when the nervous system can breathe in a way once you do that sequence. And the patient's always uh, amazed because the movements are so easy. 
And we are so trained to think about pain is difficult, pain is hard. I must fight pain. I must overcome pain. I must be prepared to experience more pain. And this set of movements is completely the opposite. They're gentle, they're easy, and you're actually moving away from pain. The movement is always away from the pain. And then something wonderful happens. The pain subsides and the structure is realigned. So this one unit starts to stack up together all the way from the feet to the head. Yeah. The second tool, once the reset happens in the nervous system, the second tool is the pain in the viscera. So a lot of uh, emotional traumatic pain is, I discovered, is stored in the viscera and in particular around the abdomen. When a traumatic event happens to us or a traumatic procedure, anything that suddenly happens, the body absorbs the event before the mind even understands what happened. And where your body absorbs the event is in the gut, in the abdomen. So the viscera, I found, is accessible once your nervous system relaxes. It's almost like the body says, okay, now that you relax my nervous system, I can open up my traumatic pain, my emotional pain to you, and that's in the viscera. So I introduce a way of abdominal massage done, again, in a particular way, in a gentle way, where a person starts to explore their emotional pain or their visceral pain, and I help them release it. And it's wonderful to see that they can release it themselves. And this is where some people start to cry, some people start to giggle, some people cry and giggle, sometimes the body shakes, people remember things. It's very interesting. It's always very profound to see that in a group setting. So that's the second tool. The third tool is a tool of resilience. So the first tool is a tool of alignment and a reset. The second tool is a tool of release. And the third tool is a tool of resilience, and that's a particular breathwork that I studied with a man called Wim Hof. Wim Hof method, or the Iceman, created a breathwork method, which is made out of three parts. One is a mindset, the third is the actual breathwork method, and the third principle of it is cold exposure. So this particular breathwork, I find, builds a lot of resilience in people and really improves the vascular system where once you improve that, you improve your inflammatory response. So a lot of pain that people experience is inflammation. And I find that once they start using that third tool, a lot of that inflammation comes down very quickly. Sometimes instantaneously, as soon as they finish that, those three rounds, all of a sudden they feel the pain that I had in my arm is gone. And I find it such a great complement to those preceding tools. So that's, in a way, the sequence. I teach that in six weeks. Also, when uh, I work with patients one-on-one, -on -one, I introduce those principles too. So when a patient starts with me, they work one-on-one, -on -one, and then I put them also in the class. And that's a neuropath reset in a nutshell. Amazing. Number one, congratulations. And I really commend you for how you've put it all together. And it's interesting, I have a mentor who has been working with me for a couple of years and he does the same stuff as you do. Oh, cool. It's amazing. Another colleague in the field, working with clients, working with patients, 
and aligning their bodies, resetting the nervous system. You know, I've had personal experience of that myself. The second point of what happens with the release, you know, the crying, the giggling, the shaking. I've had all that stuff happen to me as I've gone through this journey of inner healing. And the last one, uh, resilience. It's interesting. Right now in my Audible, I'm listening to Wim Hof's books. And I've taken an interest for the last year on his work. And I've got several patients who are doing cold exposure. And like, to be honest, going in a nice bath three times a day, I've got one patient. I just can't even start to think what that's like. (laughs) But, you know, I've practiced a little bit with cold showers. And just, I'm going to go a little bit personal here. Because one thing that happened to me three years ago was I was having cold showers and my fingers went white. Oh, wow. Yeah. For all the audience out there, it's called Reno's Phenomenal. And it's an autonomic nervous system process where the blood flow shuts down the stress of the cold shuts down the blood flow. And for me, it's not just that. I could put on a a thick jacket and go in a car. And because I'm warm, it happens as well. Yes. Right? Because it's not cold, it's temperature, dysregulation, automatic nervous system. This this regulated nervous system disorder, really. So anyway, I'm on the journey myself of trying to fix my Reno's, which I think the the last piece of the, the puzzle, the cold work, there's a herb called butcher's broom. Butcher's broom? Tell, yeah. tell me about that. Hey, if you look that up, it's quite helpful. Radio, I hope our audience really appreciate what you're actually sharing because this is leading edge pain solutions. You know, the whole point of this podcast show, it's been going on for about two years, is to look for solutions to chronic pain, right? It's the title century chronic pain solutions and what we're talking about today is leading edge stuff you're not going to get this if you go to your family doctor you're not going to get this if you go to your neurologist you're not going to get this if you're going to go to your massage therapist you're only going to get this from people who have got a passion and who have gone and taken their basic training and included other modalities other tools you know you mentioned before we came on air you've trained in lots of things how many modalities have you trained in Michael. Maybe 30 different modalities over the years, yeah. There you go. And how long have you been at this game? Started in my early 20s. I started first with meditation. I was a chronic pain patient myself. I had a devastating lower back injury. It was quite debilitating. You know, you go to the doctor, he prescribes you medication pills. It doesn't work. You go to the physio. I had about 30 or so treatments being zapped by electricity and an ultrasound. I said, the hell with this, it's not working. And I went to the massage therapist, the acupuncturist, the chiropractor. And that was the beginning of my pain journey. And, and then I understood that after trying everything, and only through meditation, I understood that my pain was really emotional. And I understood it from an experiential level, not from an intellectual level. And that's when I went to do a 10-day silent retreat. That was quite extreme. I was 23 years old. And that's when I had a breakthrough and understanding that the pain that I was experiencing, that it's not going away, is really emotional. And once I experienced that, I was always a man that once something got my attention, I needed to know it inside out. So I was always a keen student and I dove deeply into understanding pain and the body and the mind. And at 25, I decided to become a therapist. 
And based on my meditation experiences, the only therapy that made sense was shiatsu therapy at that time, because shiatsu therapy always takes into account everything. Everything is connected as a whole, and the causation most of the time to any chronic condition is psycho-emotional, and sometimes spiritual pain too. And that has been my journey for the last 20 years. And here you now, you've come full circle. You're moved beyond your seven-year integrative model or your, your business that you're running, and you've moved on to this new Neuropath Reset method that you're training. So tell us, our audience are amazing, well, how can I get my hands on this therapy? How can I learn more about it? So tell us how that's possible. Well, uh, right now, based on what's going on in the world, uh, obviously I can't do much in person, but I did start a Facebook group that is called Neuropath Reset Your Way Through a Pandemic. And it's really a support group where uh, most evenings I come on at 8 o'clock and I introduce a principle or a concept or a self-guided experience. And the feedback has been grateful. I just started that about four days ago. I've been doing it every evening. So right now, based on what's going on in the world, that's a good way to connect. I do online sessions too with my patients where I take them through some of these principles and experiences. And in my process, when I work one-on-one with patients, there's also a lot of coaching, which I call it the architecture of healing, where I've created a process where the coaching is so important. It's such an important aspect of creating change in any chronic state. So there's a certain process that I take patients through where they do a lot of work at home with some of the exercises that I prescribe, and it's been highly effective. So the hands-on approach, the group and class form, and the coaching and the work that patient does at home has been highly effective. And people, again, are solution-focused because by the time, again, they come to me, they've tried everything. So I have to prove to them that I can provide a solution. And the best way to prove it, here's a tool, do it, see how it feels, see if it makes a difference. As long as you do it, it will make a difference. So even though you provide solutions, there's still so much resistance that comes with chronic pain patients, right? (laughs) You can give somebody the key to the door, but it's amazing. A lot of people don't exercise that key. So it's really about the patient. You can give them everything, the support, the right tools, the right approach, the right coaching, the classes, the group environment, the group support. But at the end of the day, it's up to the patient. And this is a big issue that I've been finding myself with my one-on-one online clients as well, is this role of personal blocks. You know, of course they want to get better. Well, we all want to get better of pain, right? We all say that. But the reality is, it's harder than it sounds. Absolutely. It's hard and easy at the same time. It's right at the same level, you know. So what I do is I meet them, of course, where they are, but I deconstruct. What's hard is the story that is built with the pain. There's a whole history. There's a whole story. It feels there's emotions, there are thoughts, there are habits their beliefs, and the story seems tremendous. And time passes on, and there's a lot of evidence. It's like being in court and being persecuted, but nobody's defending you. 
And all you see is the persecution, the evidence that the persecutor, in a way, inside of us, inside of us, there's a defender and a persecutor. And every day there's a case to persecute you to stay in the state. So I help people deconstruct that in a way. I don't get too much into the story. I try to build a new case for them. And we build it together, new evidence, new case. Because after all, the story does not serve you. You are hurt in the story, so what's the point? Even if the new evidence might not seem so real right now, but this evidence of the past was based on the past, so it's no longer real too. So let's entertain the idea of a possible new case, a new story. And let's build some evidence there. Let's focus on what you want, your future. How does it look like? So I take them through this process of deconstructing that story. And that's where the hard work is. The easy work is the hands-on work, you know? And everybody likes that because as soon as I touch people, it feels great. And when they come to me, they expect this healing experience and they expect the, you know, there's a lot of expectations by the time they come to me. (laughs) And there's very little hope. And there's tremendous amount of mistrust. Right? So actually, the first thing I do is I try to teach a patient how to embody trust. You don't have to trust me. You don't even have to start trusting the process. I'm invested in you feeling trust inside. So I teach them uh, how to embody trust because to me, trust is everything. In a way, it unifies every department in the body. When they use the word integration or integrative or being integrated, what does that is trust. And it sounds great when I say it, but then I demonstrate it. So when I finished that statement, I said, well, it sounds good, right? I said, yes, I'm going to show you how that works. So I take them through an experience, a visceral body and mind and an emotional experience. And it's quite simple, but I've done it in talks, I've done it in workshops, And the same thing happens every time. And it's a before and after. And it's a pressure exercise where I put pressure on their boundary and they feel that pressure. And then I ask them, what do you feel physically? Where do you feel it? And they feel their pain. And uh, what happens to your mind when you feel it? And they get into the thoughts. And then what happens emotionally underneath all of that? Oh, yeah, I feel like giving up. I feel helpless. And it's nothing about strength because I've had... Guys with muscles shaking as we do this exercise. And once they viscerally experience that, I said, well, this is your state in a nutshell. This is your state under stress, pain, and pressure. And then I take them through an exercise of trust. And then we do that exercise again. Everything changes right away. So this pain that they felt is either diminished tremendously or is gone. The thoughts that they were thinking start to change. The emotions that they felt before are changing too. So that's the proof that once you start to embody trust, all the innate resources that are managing the state suddenly are released and move towards integrating, healing, resetting, and giving you more resilience, strength. So uh, I like to prove 
to create experiences of proof. Because like I told you before, a person believes what they feel and see and sense. So a lot of my methodologies, even my coaching, we always come back to the body, to the five senses. And then it's uh, not just intellectual. So that's why talk therapy is not that helpful. You need other methods where people can uh, experience, in a way, provide them proof that is so. And that's how you build trust. And you build enough of that trust, they start to work harder, and then they break through. And their beliefs change, the way they see things change. It's like uh, suddenly seeing their life and their situation in a totally different light. And that's where you also give them the tools. The tools that you've been giving them starts to build that resilience too because the stress or pain or triggers are unavoidable. I call them the storms of life. Storms are unavoidable. They come and go. But it's the lack of tools that people struggle with. So giving tools to patients to exercise against triggers, against their pain, against their suffering, in a way builds that resilience. Until one point they say, oh, this is not as bad. I'm not feeling the same way. I'm not reacting the same way. I'm not thinking the same way. I can actually avoid it altogether. Oh, things are changing. Oh, I've changed. And that's it. You know, and then there's a lot of clarity that comes after that. So the goal is to get to that trust of their experience through their senses. That's right. That's the initial. And then when they break through, when they got enough resources, they got that trust and they start to break through their pain or through their suffering, in a way, reclaim themselves. There's a lot of joy there. And that's actually where the healing begins, is when they start to reclaim parts of themselves that they've lost through their pain or suffering for such a long time. And then I throw something uh, really powerful there. I throw an accountability exercise, meaning a lot of our pain is not ours. Actually, most of our pain is not ours. So when people say, well, if it's not my pain, then whose pain is it? I said, well, this is a very interesting question. Let's explore that. And in my experience, most of our pain, if not all of it, is not ours. So that's a whole rabbit hole there, right? So once we identify whose pain is it, then let's take accountability over it and start to release that. When people confront their sources of pain, and your sources of pain could be your mother, your father, the husband, the abuser, the bully, all of the above sometimes. There are certain exercises that I prescribe where people confront in a way, the pain source, and it's not a conversation. Sometimes it's done in person. Sometimes it's not appropriate to do it in person. But once it's done, the person takes accountability to the pain. That's a powerful moment. That's where you can heal a lifelong of pain. You can heal relationships, saved marriages. Last year, a couple asked me to renew their wedding vows after 35 years together. The year before, they came to me on the brink of divorce and had all kinds of things going on. And in a year, they renewed their vows. And I've never thought in my life I'll be asked to renew someone's vows. (laughs) 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 But I was so grateful. I found myself, you know, when you have a moment and you think, this is too surreal, you know? It was amazing to be a part of that. 
and uh, they've been happy ever since. Periodically, they still send me an email. Mikhail, listen, this has been amazing to have this conversation with you and to walk through this process of the mind-body connection. You know, somebody who's walked it yourself, who's brought many, many patients through it themselves, and it's almost like the pain peels off, just drops off, and people regain themselves. And, um, you know, it's fascinating. It's almost like all the knowledge I've attained over the years in about 20 years as well in this path is beautiful just to hear it described so succinctly. It's like all coming together in an order, in a sequence. And I think you shared with me earlier, and it's something I'm learning more and more as we go down this path, is the more we learn, the more we don't know. And there's a humility and a, a place of just, this is where we are. And we can only do one step at a time. That's right. That's why I always bow. People think, why am I bowing there? When people come to me, I don't bow <laughs> for gratitude. I bow for the humility that comes with working with traumatic pain. Or I think it's sacred when somebody comes to you and they open up to you, the most vulnerable aspects of them. They really teach me. I mean, I evolved and created neuropath research because of my patients, not because of any teachings, anything like that. I work the way that I do only because of the patients that come and see me. So who I bow to is my patients. Well, listen, again, thank you so much for coming on the show. It's been great to talk to you again. And I look forward to keeping in touch. Me too. Thank you very much.